0: Welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. This is Volume 4, Issue 168, Wolfenstein, uh, the 2009 variant. You can play along with Cane and Rinse Volume 4. The next five issues coming to your ears are Sleeping Dogs, then Dragon's Dogma, Silent Hill Homecoming, continuing the Silent Hill series, Speedball and Speedball 2, and then Cameo Elements of Power. Uh, keep an eye on KaynRinse.com for the new schedule, soon to be added to. Uh, our blog is also there and links to our merchandise stall, Facebook page, Google Plus page, Twitter account and YouTube channel. Uh, please do check out our sister podcast, Sound of Play. The 11th issue of our fortnightly video game music podcast should already be in your podcast inbox of choice. Please do subscribe, review, and rate both of our podcasts on iTunes. It helps us immensely. Just get out to new people, uh, which is always nice. Speaking of nice people, joining me, James Carter, in this issue, we have Tony Atkins. Hello. And Agent Bryant Tarran. Hello. Oh, he's an agent. I don't get to be an agent. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go through a lot of training as to get this I was this introducing badge. you, I remembered how ridiculous I thought <laughs> it sounded when uh, Agent Blaskowitz was introduced at the beginning of the game. Uh, yeah, it just sounded wrong. I, I don't know why. I, I thought he was captain <laughs> first and foremost, but a spy this time around. Anyway, um, speaking of which, um, we we often for for many of the games have to give out a spoiler warning. I'm going to give that here with a. And I guess, and a shrug, because I'm not entirely sure anyone's going to worry too much about the story of this game. It's it's not, I think, fair to say it's not uh, one of the big drawers. Anyway, it's always called Wolfenstein 2009, <coughs> just to try, kind of differentiate it. I suppose the problem with the single title reboot, uh, Tomb Raider and and the like, mm-hmm. is is that it can be confusing as to which Wolfenstein exactly we are talking about. However, it is actually the only game called Simply Wolfenstein. Uh, it's not called simply... You know what I mean. Um, but Wolfenstein 2009 is the game we're talking about, and where it makes sense, we'll obviously continue to, to put that in context and try and make obvious that that's what they're t- we're talking about, 2009 being its year of release. In mm-hmm. case...
1: It is actually still confusing. Um, little anecdote: <laughs> I was, um, yeah. I was playing. Obviously, started playing this, playing it on the Xbox 360, um, and I used a site called True Achievements, which posts when you start mm, to play a new yeah. game. And I had a whole pe- bunch of people comment on my feed saying, "Oh, yeah, the the new Wolfenstein is brilliant. You're going to love it." And I kept having <laughs> to say, "No, no, no, it, it's the it's the Xbox 360 version, not but, the new new one. But
0: it's uh, it's not <laughs> even the old Wolfenstein because no, of the series no. that's been running." Thirty-four years now. Exactly. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, so speaking of which, uh, Wolfenstein 2009. Uh, its place in the series. Slightly. It's a strange series. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting one to to have covered. Obviously, reaching back uh, as we did uh, several issues ago now. But um, but back to the original games in 1981 and 84. And there've been these sort of sporadic gaps between games so technically there weren't 8 years of a gap in the series before this game but in terms of the main uh the main entrance in the series there were indeed 9 uh 8 years so beg your pardon 2001 was returned to Castle Wolfenstein and this is a, a sequel to that game which was a reboot of Wolfenstein 3D yes and marks the middle of what is currently a trilogy of, of games with The New Order being covered later. We'll, we'll remind you of when later in the podcast, um, which continues. Although, again, we'll, we'll talk about this later, Agent Blazkowicz, uh, his character doesn't necessarily, in terms of appearance, certainly follow through those three games. So, I was going to say, it feels a very... Very loose trilogy, if it. Very loose. I think there right. are story beats that each game decided to to run on from, and there are certain characters. Mm. Again, we'll talk about one of them later on. Uh, two of them, in fact, later on, who who make appearances in different members well, of if, this particular trilogy. But put so. it this
1: way: if if you come into this game having not played <laughs> the other oh. Stone,
0: I don't think you're going to be confused by the plot. You'll be fine. Um, You'll be yeah, fine. There's, there's a, a few. Be. There are a few nice nods forwards and mm-hmm. backwards. <laughs> yes, if you happen but, to have played the New Order before this, but. Um, so a, a bit about the game. Uh, Raven Software in charge of this one. Uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein and this one were during the time when uh, Id Software was was its own company. It was not yet owned by Bethesda, although that happened just before the release of of Wolfenstein two thousand and nine. Um, and Activision were there; they had a publishing deal with them. So mm-hmm. uh, you'll see at the beginning of this game, Activision's uh, logo, Raven Software, obviously a, a, an Activision developer in charge of developing the game, but uh, Endrant Studios in charge of multiplayer. Uh, there's obviously the id logo for not only their engine but the fact that they are the owners of this series. They, they the produce, yeah. yeah, they they produce the game or executive produce the game with an Activision developer kind of working. Uh, for them if you, if you like um and eric c uh, Beisman, Bisman, apologies if that pronunciation is uh, evidently is wrong but um in charge as, as director raven software is a strange one i i have obviously heard a lot about raven software but you you sort of click on uh, on their link to their wikipedia page and look at a list of the games it's a massive list of games mm-hmm. uh, going back to the early 90s uh certainly uh the ones that stood out for me were heretic and, and hexen which were uh kind of takes on the doom Style, if you like, I suppose the Wolfenstein 3D style, but with uh, with magic and and uh, the occult, I suppose, rather than than guns and bullets so much uh, fun games. I don't remember playing that much of them, but I definitely remember uh, in, in the time we used to sneak into school and um, and play. Uh, play Doom. We would also, you know, put this up, boot uh, Hexen or or Heretic up every now and then, and just uh, and play those just for a bit of a similar sort of itch. Um, also, some Star Wars games: Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Academy, uh, the Soldier of Fortune games. Uh, a lot in a lot of these cases, uh, Raven were also uh, involved with sequels to to these games as well. Uh, X Men Legends. Uh, this is now very firmly under the Activision, Activision banner, uh, and then. Quake 4, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, uh, X-Men Origins, Wolverine came out the same year as as this game. Uh, and notably, I think, very notably, Singularity came out uh, after Wolfenstein 2009. And I say notably because I think uh, certainly by reputation and from what I've seen of Singularity, it, it shares a certain amount of uh, ideas and DNA mm. perhaps with, with this game um, in terms of it being what I think was then probably called a first-person shooter with RPG elements. Uh, I think it's uh, fair to say. And in one game that they both uh, both Wolfenstein 2009 Singularity tried to ape, which we will come to in a bit. Um, the game is based on IdTech 4, but it's Ravens Raven modded they worked on they worked with that engine quite a bit and so they introduced some of their own uh, modifications uh, with uh, and also used havoc physics engine. Um, I think it's fair to say that when I first saw this game I kind of thought oh it's one of those Unreal games from that period where everything was Unreal (laughs) and it's and then I had to pinch myself and remember of course it's not an Unreal game (laughs) (laughs) look look what title it is and look who it came from so uh, but yeah I have to say it's not this similar to an Unreal game that
1: may be doing the id techs a, a disservice but it has that well kind of gray towny um KV <laughs> kind of 3D shooter atmosphere to it Absolutely. but you know, it isn't, yeah isn't you know it's tech isn't doing anything particularly, you know, uh, amazing to, to bre- you know break it apart from um you know, other software houses. So
2: yeah
0: I w I I'd I I'd argue that given the time it came out, two thousand and nine, uh Gears of War well established by then, uh, Bioshock had used the uh, at that point it was actually that was actually a modded Unreal 2 engine rather than Unreal 3, I think. Mm. Um, but a lot of games were going for that sort of look. There was a look. There was a color palette. There was a, a style of character design and art design that kind of was uh, very fashionable, it was uh, a la mode at that point. Um, and I think it's fair to say that even though it was with Ed Tech 4, there was a, an art direction that pushed it to look a bit more like a lot of games looked at that point, and they were a lot of those using Unreal. So. Cool. Um, speaking of when the game came out uh, pretty much worldwide releases uh, sort of around the 18th to 21st of August 2009 uh, came to Steam slightly later than that although it's no longer on Steam so it's been removed at some point uh, since then, I imagine Bethesda claimed back the, the Wolfenstein license when they bought idtech. And so Activision were only allowed to sell it for a certain period. But as with all of these things, lawyers make sure we don't necessarily know that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it is crazy to me to think that this game is almost six years old. Yeah. It doesn't seem, it, I, I think this is an inherent thing with Xbox 360 titles or, or PlayStation around that era, where they, they had such a long lifespan that when you yeah, say, yeah. that's six years old, really? Yeah,
0: really. <laughs> yeah, it's scary, isn't it? It's I suppose gen, uh, console generations lasting as long as they do now, and yeah, it does. Mm. Actually, even from a personal history, two thousand nine being six years ago scares me a little bit. How old am I again? Um, okay, let's let's get on. I've I've given some background to the game and talked way more than I should have, but uh, let's get on to our histories. Uh, Brian, when did you come to Wolfenstein two thousand and nine, uh, and and why?
3: Uh, I came to it in uh March twenty fifteen, uh because I was going to do a Kane Rinse podcast about it. <laughs> so I hadn't uh I hadn't been interested in it at the time. I'd never played uh well, I'd played bits of the very old uh the Wolfenstein or the pre Doom Wolfenstein. Mm. Uh but I think Doom was my sort of entry point to first person shooters yeah. and I was just sort of dismissed Wolfenstein as being uh, the, the the older brother, but the not quite as refined mm, yeah, uh, yeah. brother to that game. So, yeah, no, I, uh, so I, I'm a, I was aware of the game, but it was nothing, I never had any sort of attachment to the brand, to the series. Mm. Uh, I remember seeing a friend of mine play it uh, back on release and thinking, it, you know, it looked interesting. There were some things that it was doing differently. It had a kind of uh, uh, the, the, an open hub world setup, which looked yeah. interesting for a first person shooter at the time but I didn't I just I, I had no interest in playing it and it just fell off the radar and it wasn't until I played Wolfenstein The New Order mm. and then this idea for this 2009 podcast came up that I thought well I'd give it a go because you know I enjoyed The New Order Yeah. and I thought mm. there must be some there must be some something about the series that has uh, uh, has appealed
0: to me now so I gave it a go cool Grand uh, Tony, yourself, your history.
1: Well, if you had been following Kindred for a little while, you would know that actually I have have no um, no real history of Wolfenstein. It's it's something I've always. Admired from afar understood of its importance to the history uh, to the industry, but you know, it's been the series of of podcasts we've been or issues we've been doing for the uh, and rinse that has brought me to actually play basically all the games within mm. the series. So you know, starting off with Carf- Castle Wolfenstein and Beyond Castle Wolfenstein, um, you know, the Apple Mac Two and you know, <laughs> MS-DOS and Commodore 64 versions of those games, which turned out to be really interesting stealth um, games. Yeah. You know, very, very hard. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, kind of interesting and enjoyable. And then moving on to Wolfenstein 3D, which still was a, a fantastic game uh, to this day. Uh, last Issue's is Return of the Car for Wolfenstein and, and you know, es- essentially now the sequel here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, my, my history, of this, the series really is just playing it for this show over the last, you know, four months i guess oh, yeah basically um, this year i guess yeah yeah so it's and, and that's no bad thing it's, it's been really interesting to to see how they progress mm-hmm. and um you yeah, know this one is no different but we'll get into that a bit later but yeah played this one basically over the last i'd say like, over the last month or so mm-hmm. dipping in dipping out haven't been uh just jumping straight in and playing it to the very end yeah. um but uh yeah basically over the last four weeks uh uh played for all the game
0: Excellent. Um, <laughs> at this point, I will I will say to people, if you were looking for three experts and diehard multiplayer uh, aficionados for this game, you are going to be in short supply, I'm afraid, because like uh, Brian Tony, I came to this game specifically for this podcast. Um, Wolfenstein's a series that I had played a little of, Wolfenstein 3D, again, around that sort of doom phase in mid-90s at, at high school, when you could still... Install your own software on school computers and stuff, um, and definitely didn't play during lessons. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, so Wolfenstein was again, uh, like you said, Brian. It was it was kind of like it, I guess I, I knew it was kin to uh, to to Doom in in terms of the style of game and and what it represented in terms of the, the history of gaming. Um, and even by that point, it would have been a, a fair few years old. Um, but I've not played any of the others any of the series aside from just sort of dabbling in Wolfenstein 3D I was actually supposed to be on the um, the, the first show in in our Wolfenstein series uh, a few episodes ago with uh, Tony Leon and, and our guest Andy Hamilton uh, I ended up not being able to make that but I did do a, a quick rinse of uh, Castle Wolfenstein and, and Return to Castle Wolfenstein um, which you can find on on our website or YouTube channel Um and then I, I had intended to play through all of the games with the um, with the, the podcast the as they came out, even if I wasn't going to be on the rest of them. Uh, and it, it just didn't happen, uh, one thing and another. Uh, didn't get around to it. Uh, but for this one, I was more than happy to jump on for what was... Yeah, it, the Wolfenstein series seems to have such a, a big name, but I remember even before New Order came out, there was a lot of scepticism as to whether really the game the game had had its last hurrah some 10 years ago um and and wasn't going to to come back and and that was all part and parcel of the fact that this game passed me by when it came out i I knew it was coming out I, i was aware it was a thing but it seemed to have um in the words of our correspondent bakers 12 little fanfare i think it's absolutely fair to say there wasn't much buzz about it and i think the reaction and the lack of enthusiasm about it that I generally heard just meant that it, it passed me by in favour of at it's, the time what would have been Bioshock 2 probably coming out the following year. Oh, completely. Yeah, and, and games like that it, or, or the Mass Effect series that I was in the middle of by that point, yeah.
1: It, it is funny for a series actually because we are... Uh, well seemingly the general public are always crying foul that you know game series as assassin's creed Call of a duty you know, battlefield seem to be coming out as a yearly franchise if not by yearly franchises and franchises yeah. and they need a break between them to to recollect and gather their ideas and you look at <laughs> Wolfenstein series and, and that's exactly what it is it's you know 90, yeah. early 80s for the for the original softwares and then 92 for yeah. for 3D, and then 2001, the Return of the Cut, and then you know 2009 for um, the next major release, and then 2014 for the for the new order. And so, it's exactly what people have been crying out for. Yet there is that sense of there's such a large gap between the releases that Mm. the branded name is still very, very strong from those early titles, but people are soon are quick to forget. Um, or seemingly quick to forget yeah so when they do hit they seem to be the new order seems to be quite different in 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 this regards because yes. um yeah i don't know just maybe maybe it just hit at the right time new platforms etc being on the Xbox one and playstation 4 really helped it quite a bit um but also apparently is a very very good game but definitely i remember back in 2009 seeing a new wolfenstein out and being fairly nonplussed about the whole thing um, yeah. Yeah. and feeling that that was a general feeling like well it's yeah, I I liked um, Wolfenstein 3D, and that's about where that you you kind of heard yeah. that that last yeah. feeling, in the one on yeah, Return to Castle Wolfenstein was okay. So I I do feel like the the series may have, have dwindled a bit in in reputation, even yeah. if the the name itself is is seemingly very very strong. It's it's just,
3: it feels like a, a game, a, a game series where they know that there's always going to be brand recognition there. Yes, but it they, yeah. they doesn't sell necessarily enough to be a blockbuster franchise that they're going to put out every year. But yeah. I wonder whether it's used as almost like a test bed for for different ideas, and then the, these ideas seep out through through other games as time goes on. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I might be completely getting the timeline out of sync here, but when I was running around in the the hub world, it kind of it felt to me like almost a you know a very rough, very small scale prototype of the kind of games that we're playing now, like Far Cry three and four, um, and uh, yeah, Dying Light that, especially, yeah. where you've yeah. got a, you know a world, missions, a, a mix of different uh, tasks that you can do and places you can explore. And I don't know, maybe maybe that's it's the the real benefit of the series is that it it, it allows the developers allow it to be used as a place to experiment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, in in the case of Far Cry, uh, one and two were already out by the point of of this game, and two very much had that open world, go and explore, see what you can find, side missions to do, yeah, other interesting true. stuff that's to true. do. But um, I think it certainly reflects. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't like using the word zeitgeist; it gets overused. But it, it does reflect a, a, a movement towards a certain style of game. You know that sort of open world aspect that this game has was definitely there and it was kind of around uh in in 2007 to 2010 as a, as a as something that would become the template and be refined towards uh yeah Far Cry 3 4 I, that sort of stuff yeah
1: having having played through the series I I can definitely say it's a series of solid ideas they don't mm. always I, mean, I, I never think <laughs> they're best in class although no. Wolfenstein 3D or <laughs> you know Doom came out shortly later and um, was probably better in in many respects in almost every way but that's a that's a game that you know really created a, a great genre, um, yeah. and is still fantastic to play now. Um, and you you look back at um, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, the, the multiplayer element of that was hugely popular, and to this day, you know, people are still playing that game through different means. Yeah. Um. So I, I think each 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 game in the series introduced something that maybe is you know unique as an overused word, but you know has has an identity to its own. And yeah. I think they, yeah, you know, sure. to get back onto the 2009 Wolfenstein, I think it it tries that. Whether it's the most successful, I, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll have that conversation. But yeah. it, it certainly felt like it was trying a few a few neater ideas rather than just a a run and gun first person shooter, which you know, has to be applauded to yeah. a little bit.
0: Uh, yeah, in in terms of the uh, the development of this game, I think there's there's kind of this perception that. Two to three years is a is a complete development cycle. So if a game's coming out yearly, it maybe hasn't had the the full time in the oven, if you like, the the, the full time to prep. Um, whereas if if the games are coming out like these are, potentially every eight or nine years, it's almost a question of. It almost gets to that point of Duke Nukem forever of what's wrong with it? Why hasn't it made it out before? It, now, it, it you know? is
1: if they've been developing it at that time, but, I, you know, but they know haven't in this they case. Yeah.
0: But then the question still lingers and it becomes what's wrong with the series that Aid or Activision in this case don't have the confidence to put them out more regularly? They're not developing them more regularly. And unfortunately, in the case of this, it seems like it's there wasn't the expectation there. It certainly didn't pay off on whatever hopes it and activision had for it in terms of sales and in terms of um you know reviews and and general uh, appraisal of the game which we'll come on to further down the line but uh yeah there is there is this sense that where the new order managed to take low expectations and turn them into something much greater than that mm. uh upon release uh this game possibly didn't um on, on that note, let's get into talking about the actual game. Obviously, as people will expect, it's a first-person shooter, but that's not to say there aren't things that are interesting and different about it from perhaps some of its peers uh, at the time and from other games in the series. Um, I'm going to open with the sound because I have almost nothing to say about the sound, I don't think. So I just kind of want to ask if you guys have any particular memories or feelings towards the um, the the sound, the the music by uh, bill brown who's actually a pretty well-known uh, tv film and and in this case video game composer um struck me as it did its job it was evocative of the time period or or what we think of as as music from films that reflect that time period you know there's a certain type of sort of bombastic music that you you associate with uh with World War II, uh, that sort of melancholy bombast, I suppose. And it definitely did that, but nothing about it really struck me as, again, as you say, Tony, best in class or anything. Um, What about you guys?
3: No, the music was um, forgettable.
0: Uh, Hmm. I I thought the sound
3: design in terms of the the effects uh, of the weapons and the general uh, sort of buzz of battle and things like that, I think that it, it was very visceral. Um, and I like that about it. it. You know, for a for a game that you know the graphics, obviously, uh, they held up reasonably well. But mm-hmm. you know, you can see that they were they were sort of aging. Uh, that, that sometimes can make you feel like the game is a little less a little less solid than yeah. you know a more modern game. But I think the sound really helped lend it a sense of realism that you know the graphics might not have conveyed. So for that reason, I would say yeah, it was a did a good job. But no, yeah, I don't remember any music to win the game.
1: No. Much the same. Um, nothing really stands out. I I think the the effects wise, the the, the veil and the Maya abilities and stuff like that. They had a really interesting buzz when you knew when you activated them,
0: and you knew um, when your your meter recharged. Yeah, there was a little sort of buzz when it uh, it hit. It, it took me a while to work out what that was because yeah. often I'd use a tiny little bit and on some veil site. And then, five seconds later, I'd get this buzz, and it would almost seem like a glitch, but no, it was actually a nice sound cue, like yeah, it had some good uh, ideas about just player feedback in terms of sound, yeah, that's fair but I, you know Definitely. once
1: again, following the series it's we've commented pretty much throughout the the entirety of the series that the, the music work has either been overly like over you know, to have one track that's been overly used multiple mm. times and maybe doesn't quite fit fit the tone of what the game's trying to achieve um. And this kind of just went the other way. It was just very, very generic. Um, mm. You know, I'd class it as you know World War II <laughs> Nazi esque music. Yeah. Um, you know, reasonably fine. Yeah, it didn't distract from the game, but you know, didn't feel like it was highlighting anything in particular.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's absolutely uh, absolutely how I felt. I think. Um, well, so- the
3: voice acting was a little bit. Hello, hello. <laughs> I was
0: going to say almost <laughs> similarly with the voice acting, but some of the, some of, the, yeah, some of the, uh, particularly the, uh, the snippets that you would get often quite significantly repeated and frequently repeated uh, from the the German soldiers, particularly. My um, layman
1: is in there still, which is awesome. Yeah. I so appreciated that because that was in uh, Wolfenstein 3D. You, yeah. you hear that almost every other sound it. <laughs> so the fact that they managed to squeeze that in here. Brought a, a little, you know, wide smile. It actually, only happened. Yeah. probably a dozen
0: times in the entire, in my playthrough. Yeah. But it was. Uh, I was like, yes, exactly. Well, need that one of the one of the samples in particular. One of the German sort of uh, responses, the enemy responses that struck me was um, there's an enemy agent. You know, and they're always referring to his enemy agent, and and it almost paints the game as if it's supposed to be a stealth game where you're not supposed to be detected, but. Oftentimes mm. you would walk into a room and they're shouting that out before you've even you know turned the corner, and uh, an enemy's pouring at you. But but yeah, there were uh, there was lots of repeated sections that yeah the the accents on them. I'm gonna guess they didn't have actual German speakers record those. <laughs> it was someone in their best well, they're, accent. they are
1: little stereotypical. Which, yeah, they are. Uh, you are you are fighting you know Nazi. Poltergeist people, it, it's, it 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 doesn't just detract no. necessarily away from the game because I I think you're kind of going into it expecting a little bit of the cheese around the yeah, voice it's acting. It's not
0: supposed to be uh, delivered no. with gravitas. I, no, I
1: think some of the the ones that maybe stand out even worse are, are the resistance that you're playing with, and you know maybe some gravitas needs to be you given to them. But <laughs> like you say, it's very L O L O. You know you're yeah, you're yeah, the agent bit, undercover, but. You, you need to come over here. it's like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we need to attack the airfield. No. It's very Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger. It's, yeah,
3: yeah, it's ridiculous. At its best though, I think it kind of hit that Indiana Jones style matinee type. Mm, yeah. The uh, the Saturday cereal type stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 Which I think, again, in many aspects, that's what this game goes for. There is very much a tongue in cheek, almost, yeah, almost campy. I think it's fair to say just uh, gleeful sense of fun about it which for something where uh, you're, you're essentially part of World War II, uh and <clears> and trying to take out take down Nazis um, you have to play that correctly and it, it never felt off-putting and 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 maybe maybe ao law is, is a little bit too harsh in that respect because that's played purely for ridicule and laughs uh, where thinking, I don't think this was, but it had a sense of fun about it that probably, yeah, yeah, yeah
2: lent, lent itself
3: I'm, I'm to I'm thinking mostly of some of the, uh, the, not necessarily the main characters, but when you um, wander around, there's a, a bar scene at one point where there's some of the character, some of the voice acting's a bit like that, and also yeah, the yeah. the strange Russian-German people that run the underground gun shops. Feel a little bit comical. Yeah, <laughs> one there, of them
1: but... sounds like Dracula. My my every <laughs> yeah. single time my my wife lives, whenever I went to upgrade a weapon, it was like, and me, how am I help you all? <laughs> it's like yeah. Dracula serving yeah. you again. Yep. So he's he's there, he's keeping yeah, down. Absolutely. But the, that, that, that tone has actually existed throughout the mainstay of all the series, to be fair. Um all the all the games have had a slight um hilarity to them. Uh, so whilst trying to deal with you know a bit a bit more kind of serious warfare, um, yeah, you know, I remember in which certain Carth Wolfenstein there's this fantastic scene where a, a guy delivers cheese to the gates, and there's this whole you know four minute scene where they're talking about cheese and he needs to get the cheese delivered. <laughs> it's, it's it is yeah, you know, so I think yeah they no, they, they hit the right tone. About to 20, yeah. I think that the problem and this well you know is an issue throughout the entirety of the game. It, it's called cool. A little bit between how serious it wants to play stuff and the comical nature of killing your Nazis with you know supernatural elements uh and never more so than the fact that it has that kind of hub world and there's that illusion that you are trying to help the resistance fight back the Nazi the Nazi yeah. invaders yeah. um and I think that's probably where it falls down a little bit is because in those sections you really feel like you know you you are trying to help the resistance yet they never give you any gravitas to the reasons why you're doing it other than just you know pushing you from place to place yeah that's what um, you're doing and that's, yeah. that's 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 where it all starts to kind of unravel a little bit
0: yeah um yeah there's also the fact that the 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 game by the nature of its setting but also by some of the minutiae of the the narrative does blend in some real life elements to it as well um, that kind of gives it an an air of reality, and yet, as you say, Tony, a lot of what's going on in the actual gameplay has nothing to do with reality at all. So, um, so yeah, there is this kind of juxtaposition. I think mostly it, it doesn't feel jarring because you know what you're in for playing the game. It's- but it, it, I
1: mean, to, to, to move on to kind of like the look and the feel of the game, but yeah, yeah. It, it does. This exactly part of my problem with the game is that you know it looks like a I'd say a realistic um, just you know um, interpretation of what
0: you know where are they they're in Eisenstadt is it Eisenstadt, yeah. yeah so within in Germany S- aren't they a small German town yeah I presume uh, and
1: they, they get the look and the feel of that probably actually you know nailed spot on um, mm. yeah you, like I say you're, you're killing <laughs> polterghosty nighty weirdy zombies well not zombies yeah, but um, mm-hmm.
0: you know in, in all but name yeah they yes, are exactly yeah, yeah 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 no that's fair it's it's absolutely supposed to be uh part of the german resistance this town is a center for german resistance but also has some importance um in terms of uh, why the nazis want it so it does feel like a game or it's supposed to be a game where you are uh part of the resistance fighting back against an oppressor and there's a certain amount of serious tone that that kind of that lays an expectation for that that just isn't really gone for in much of the other part of the game Uh, we mentioned that the um, I felt at least the, the art direction and the way the characters were designed all kind of screamed an aping of the 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 look of and i think anyone who who's played games around this time would know what i mean when i say the unreal look of of games there was around this time a lot of games coming out that had a certain look they had a color palette they had a design to characters that they kind of all started to merge a little bit into one and games like um i want to say uh, forgive me if i'm wrong but something like uh dark sector which i don't think was actually unreal engine but it was made with an engine designed to look exactly like the unreal engine and mm. so there's a little bit of that going on here although obviously by nature of it being an id tech uh game it, it wasn't it just seems to me that therefore raven must have decided to go with a certain look and a certain design that that screamed that um i think particularly one of the references i thought was whenever uh just a few times through the, throughout the game whenever uh bj Blazkowicz holds out uh, the medallion in his hand and puts the crystal into it that screamed bioshock to me it looked very bioshock you know with the you know injecting needle into wrist mm. type thing and the sort of the expressive hand movements and that kind of thing that go with an unreal engine of that sort of Time uh, Unreal Engine game of that sort of time. Slightly um, less subtle, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. yeah. Um, the other thing about the the look of the game uh, that I thought was worth mentioning is because because one of the opening scenes, it's commented upon within the game. Um, Bj blaskowitz before this point, I believe, wasn't voiced but had been given an appearance. Um, mm-hmm. In in Wolfenstein 3D, it was the kind of pixelated face on the screen that kind of told you in what physical state your character was, but he was very much a uh, sort of strawberry blonde-haired, uh, yep. yep. very sort of chunky-faced, beefy-looking looking guy. Um, and yet by Return to Castle Wolfenstein and this, they'd changed his hair colour for reasons... Unknown, frankly, uh, if it was just in this game, I would have said because Nathan Drake existed by this point, and why not make him look like that? Uh, but in Return to Castle Wolfenstein, that was also the case. So it was obviously some reason best known to that developer why they changed the um, his appearance, uh, and yet in this game. They chose to put a line in, in. one of the first things you do is go into Eisenstadt. Uh, you're supposed to be going in as a as a spy, uh, unbeknownst to the the Nazis. But it's clear that the Nazis have found out that you're coming, um, and they're reportedly looking for someone with blonde hair. Which is a really nice nod to the fact that he used <laughs> to have blonde hair. But why not just give him blonde hair if you're going <laughs> to actually acknowledge that he used to and that you've changed the hair color? I don't know. It it's just part seems of <laughs> yeah, it's just very, very strange. Maybe he did dye his hair because he's now an agent. Um, yeah, very odd. He's
1: he's got a look Good about means. him now that is, I I kind of felt like he looked a little bit like the guy from Max Payne. Um, mm. yeah, slightly he has like, that squash face appearance. Yeah, yeah slightly squash, slightly teeth, <laughs> bit of you know over the top yeah. Americanized version. <laughs> um, a little Juke Nuke me as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, yeah. And and his, the voice acting, he portrays that as well. He's he's a yeah. bit over the top kind of yee-ha, um, you know, go-getter American type guy. Yeah. yeah. Um. No offense to, to the entirety of America, of course. But, um, but you,
0: no, you know, he, he has that yeah that gung ho attitude. Absolutely, yeah. That is yeah. associated with uh, a, a patriotic war hero type. You know, it's, it's funny it's, in, in Returns of the Cast
1: Wolfenstein they obviously you you don't speak and you you kind of get the feeling that you know this this guy has obviously he's taken down the entirety of the nazi army in in yeah. that game um so he you know he's clearly <laughs> kind of that kind of action hero anyway mm. but the fact that he wasn't voiced you you could kind of you know portray whatever you wanted on top of him and actually the yeah. the cutscenes um as much as they were there was a there's some good stuff in the in the boardroom essentially where you got the you know the american agent and the british agents all talking about you know how to to resolve the situation and to send you know, Blaskowitz in, um, and that stuff worked fairly well. Then suddenly you're given you know, that stuff's kind of well is stripped out from this one, mm. and Blaskowitz is given a voice all to himself, and yeah, the the results aren't aren't great. It's fair to say mm. it's generic action hero voice very, isn't
0: it? Yeah, Mick
3: bit, <sighs> bit wise, yeah, with
0: a bit. Of, yeah, I was going to say a bit of a sarcastic, uh, rebellious undertone there, uh, very much as was popular at the time to make your make your heroes uh charismatic and etc etc but yeah i think for me it was jarring because i I'd, I'd known bj blaskowitz in in wolfenstein 3d and then i'd played the new order before i came to this and that was very much a a, a modern very updated but very much a homage to how he looked in Wolfenstein 3D, you know the the sort of uh, indented chin and the the color of his hair and the very beefy, ridiculously beefy appearance. Um, and he's referred to as Captain Blaskowitz in that. So again, at the opening of the game, where he's referred to as Agent Blaskowitz, and is this much smaller looking guy, although obviously still uh, still physically capable, uh, with a squashed face and black or dark brown hair and a leather jacket on, almost completing that sort of. Indiana Jones by way of Nathan Drake appearance. It, it was it was jarring to me. This wasn't the character I expected to see at all, um, and especially knowing that this game led into or aspects of this game were taken forward in in the new order. Um, that seemed very odd. That the protagonist, well, the first time they decide to. Uh, to give to fill out his character in terms of giving him a voice and a personality and more more, more detailed appearance, etc. Uh, the first time they choose to do that is it is so different. And and okay, I played the other you know the new order afterwards, but or before rather. Um, but it seemed so different to my expectation of the character, um, which was which was quite jarring. And that is what it is. But it, it meant that any cutscene that came up seemed somehow distinct from the rest of the game i was playing where i just imagined i was playing the character that i knew by that point or or my it's version funny, of the character i'm part. coming
1: from it from the opposite direction, the opposite direction I, yeah, I haven't sure. played yeah. the new order um so seeing you've you already know, I, gone through a i kind of already knew and, yeah. he was a bit of a, a douche um <laughs> but the fact that he wasn't given dialogue you could kind of just put that to one side. Uh, the, the the fact that they then go with the dialogue and you know very much you know make him a presence in the cutscenes merely was the complete circle of okay yeah so he was a douche. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to the new order whether they maybe re rebalance that. But uh, it, he he yeah let's face it the the game story etc. It it you know it doesn't need a kind of character that the main no, we're looking no, for. That's, that's and and enough. I say that and knowing that the new order. You know, they go with something slightly more serious, and it, you know, it by the sounds of it, it pays off in dividends. So, so yeah, but that's not what this game was aiming for um, from the ground yeah, that's up. That's fair. That's absolutely it's, fair. It's very much in the legacy of of where it, you know the series had been previously, and it, it wasn't trying to to reinvent anything about the series. It was it was no. merely playing a homage to to what had been before. And I that, and I think for that, it works perfectly well. Even if you know coming to it now, yeah, it's it's kind of like eh. Very generic character.
0: Yeah, I think it's yeah maybe also part and parcel of uh, a series that spread out by so many years and so many different development teams, each wanting to have their own take and their own version of the game, if you like. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising there isn't a through line of a central character that really matters that much, uh, or is given much in the way of a, a history and and a, a story going forward. So um, how new was the um, the,
3: the the occult? Aspects to the story, though, because I mean that's certainly something. The I, I remember Wolfenstein 3D being um, yeah. uh sort of there was a a, We're a, in a the on mechanized sort of warfare, isn't there? You know, uh, hmm. uh, sort of ro- uh, robo-human hybrid things, and that sort of carried through into New Order. But this occult aspect to it's, it's uh, weird actually. 2009 yeah. feels different.
1: The original games, the very original games, it wasn't in there at, at all. It was very much about you know infiltrating a a place. Um, and like I said, they're almost yeah. stealth s games. Wolfenstein, yeah. they start to it starts to appear a little bit within the boss battles themselves, but like I said, it's very much more mechanical. Um, Return to Call from Wolfenstein is where they really start to to focus on. Yeah. um Even that they they go on further because you you have. The dead rise, so it's, it's not zombies, but it's skeletons in in the crypts and stuff uh, right, okay. are being used to to you know essentially help win the war. Um, and uh, in yeah, so there the, yeah, the, there is certainly more in Return to Carl and Wolfenstein. And once again, it's a whole another level again coming into the two thousand nine Wolfenstein. So it's been a, a progression, and uh, I can't talk about New Order, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I assume it continues in that vein. Um, but in, yeah, for, for this point, Wolfenstein is, is more of a pinnacle. They they really lend very heavily in, in the way that the general combat there. So you, you have a lot more, I would say, it was always kept towards bosses. In this, you, you have obviously the, the guys that have the same abilities as you, essentially, uh, in the main kind of combat field. I can't remember what you call them. I kind of, they're more generals, <laughs> essentially, that have the magic yeah. The vital abilities, etc.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the other yeah the other thing is that this game uh, was the first where or the only actually where uh, where BJ himself at the very opening the cutscene gives him the medallion Mm -hmm. and therefore he has access to these powers. So yeah, this is the only time where he's had that. He's often he's fought against. so it's Nazi uh, technology and occult divisions, essentially the the, the extremities of what um, the the ideas of of the Nazi Party in terms of proving themselves to be a significant power in the history of the world in terms of technological advancement and finding um, occult artifacts that would imbue them either symbolically or actually with uh, with powers. Uh, but that was always something that the Nazis did in in this series whereas now it's something that um that BG himself has access to
1: yeah i mean apparently there's an element of truth to to some of that um and who knows <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to say that maybe it didn't pan out so well but certainly that you know the creation of a super soldier type s3 even if it was through drugs etc um, that was something certainly something that the Nazi party were were aiming to try to do um yeah. obviously they succeeded a little bit more in technology um but obviously this this you know leans very heavily on the fact that they' yeah. succeeded yeah. um uh, and in, yeah. this in particular the you know trying to find you know the super weapon why is it everybody wants to end the world of a super <laughs> weapon but uh, yeah yeah
0: yeah um just before we get on to some of those real life elements in the story actually and uh, some of the the influences. Um, as I was playing through the game, the farm level in particular, actually, I had this weird feeling that this game was how I remember GoldenEye in some ways looking and playing. Now, obviously, it's not. If I went back and played the original N64 GoldenEye now, it would be an incredibly uh, different thing to this. It would be an incredibly uh, stiffer to play, or, you know, and, and it wouldn't look as as nice and, and kind of refined as, as this does, it would be a much earlier iteration of something similar. Uh, but just that level, for some reason, something about it, it has a bit of an aspect of a, of a half-life as well, that level, because you're out exploring countryside, although you are kind of hemmed in by invisible walls, uh, and then you end up going under a, a farmhouse and into this whole facility they've got there. But there was just something about it, I'm not sure it was, that put me in mind of this felt like i remember golden feeling.
3: Um I can see that. I can uh, I, the, the, I think the whole game is a, a bit of a, a a mash of all different sorts of mm-hmm. influences and that's probably explains the kind of general brown tone to it as, as <laughs> everything's been mixed together. Yeah. But uh, for me the, the the points were um obviously the you know the the there was a bit of a half-life aspect to the opening of the game. Uh it turned yeah. up on a train obviously. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, but the, the 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 one that seemed to uh, sort of the reference that I kept coming back to was Soldier of Fortune, actually, in mm, terms of yeah, the previous Raven game. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, the it wasn't quite as graphic in terms of blowing people apart, but the sound design, the fact that you could shoot uh Nazis in the neck and then hear them gurgling on their own blood and things like that is pretty gross in the, in the way that Soldier of Fortune was. So, that's yeah, yeah. so maybe that marriage of sort of <clears throat> Golden Eye, Soldier of Fortune, Half Life. All these different things, definitely. Yeah. The, the game didn't necessarily have a feel of its own. I don't think. It, it's uh, funny so actually with the, this dismemberment stuff because it, it doesn't
1: often happen. Yeah, I mean, if you throw a if you throw a grenade in there, sometimes you are, you are surprised that you come there and there's just torsos on the ground with you know an arm and a leg missing. You're like, whoa. Um, and the odd time you'll get that exploding head or like you say the gurgling stuff. But it, it sometimes it, it felt almost a bit out of place because it, it didn't happen every time you shot somebody in the head. It just happened randomly, and maybe that's more. Realistic, possibly right, yeah. um, <laughs> but it, it kind of felt at odds to the rest of the, the the feel and look the look and the feel of the game. Like yeah. it was it was trying maybe a bit too hard to, to hit a higher you know um, you know certificate in in that regards. It's it almost felt to me
0: like that stuff was it was almost just to show off that it could be done in the it's game. Superfluous, isn't I mean? it? It's, yeah, it it's, feels like it's just oh, we can do this. As you say, dismemberment. Essentially, um, occasionally you'd you, and and it would be fairly fairly reflective of where you'd actually hit them. You know, you, if you yeah. hit them in the leg, sometimes their leg would come off and they'd hop around for a few paces with leg blood just pouring. But, but from at the, the same leg. time, it's it's, it's you know, very it, disturbing in some ways.
1: There's a there's a huge amount of auto aim etc. Um, and oh, it's yeah, not and yeah. it's not like you're pinpointing. I'm going to take his arm off. I mean, yeah, you, you could do that with a sniper <laughs> rifle, but. I don't know if you're like me, it's the usual sniper rifle thing, you shoot for the head. Um, yes, yeah. you know, you're not going, I want, oh, I'm going to shoot. Soldier of Fortune very much played on the fact that, and I and I played it, and I can tell you this, it was very much about, oh, let's see if I can take his arm off, let's see if I can take his leg, let's see how he hobbles. Well, and, that's, that's almost the sniper elite. Uh, yeah, and it's, take on I had ne- now, never yeah. at that point was I thinking, oh, I'll take his leg off and see him fall down. It's more about, I just want to get through this area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hence why it, at times it felt quite odd, uh, odd with what the game was. It feels very much just a... I'd say a shoot and move forward game that didn't require, um, you know, that kind of. i say your viscerality, if, if that's a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Viscosity um, of the uh, of the combat, to it didn't add anything to me to to see that stuff no, happening. That no. you know, it wasn't like oh the terror of war because the rest of the game was just so daft around it.
3: It's it's a very yeah. fast-paced game. It pushes you through quite quickly. And you're not, and you're right. You're not hanging around to look at. The 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 aftermath of of what you've just done, yeah. are you? So it, right. it does seem a bit unnecessary. But then they probably, you know, it's it's tech that they've got that they've built. And they thought, yeah,
0: it's, it's just, it is just weird. You're, you're right. Around some of the sound effects that went with it were uh, were possibly a bit much. They were a bit. Um yeah, just a bit almost disturbing. It sounds odd a to say real, in a game yeah, like a this. too yeah. real. <laughs> um, and some of the sort of fountains of blood that would come out of a neck. And it, it wasn't like egregious. It wasn't absolutely ridiculous, but it was just like for a split second, oh, that's a bit much. No, it's and just then, and totally, the, it's just caught just, between everything. It's, yeah, it's, yeah,
1: it's yeah. you know, it's not, well, look, look at what we've achieved. And at the same time, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, the gravity of the war. It, it sits somewhere. It's almost like watching a cartoon and then just a really odd scene happens. A bit like itchy and scratchy suddenly happens out of nowhere. That's exactly like, what
0: I was just thinking. you like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just completely okay. odds almost, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um
0: Apparently, according to director Eric, uh, again, uh, Beisman, we'll go for Beisman this time, mm-hmm. um, the theme of the game is choice, which again sounds a little bit like something you would say in 2009 about a game that was a first person shooter with rpg elements um, it was apparently choice because there were often multiple paths you could take which i think's fair there were there were often only just one alternate path if you happened to spot a door you could you could flank a set of enemies i don't um, buy into that but okay no um, i don't no no i think it was if it ever was choice it was incredible it, it was um, choice for the sake of a room and then there was always going to be a pinch point you had to come back to uh they were very much talking up it wasn't just the corridor shooter that people think of for first person shooters but again that was um that was that was the time that was 2009 when people wanted to make themselves more than just a corridor shooter
3: yeah Um, and i think the only place that that choice is actually visible i think really is is in the choice of weapons and upgrades yep. because it, it repeatedly says on the loading screen, <laughs> you, you don't, you're not going to ever earn enough money to buy everything. <laughs> it, it so does, choose yeah, wisely. And you uh, can sell
0: back the upgrades as well. So as, you're not stuck with that, as so.
1: somebody that was playing this game and trying to get the achievements at the same time, and <laughs> there's an achievements for collecting all the collectibles essentially, <sighs> and that's giving you money. Um, you can buy pretty much, you can buy, or you can buy everything. Um, and max out all the weapons bar one. So, yeah, if you're to do it,
0: <laughs> even that's not true. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. so to carry on.
0: <laughs> no, no, the <this>, um... <laughs> Yeah, they do actually. They do camera that home, but maybe yeah, uh, maybe you're actually just a thousand pounds short of being able to buy everything. I don't know, a thousand dollars, sorry, I should say, uh, to stick with the uh the, so, so in the game. So I mean, to, to
1: talk a little bit of gameplay and actually the choice itself, you you have the the veil ability, which mm, probably yeah. probably is um, is like Brian said, is probably where the the choice element comes in. Other than like, can you tackle going left or right? That stuff happens to be a bit more in the open world um, you know, hub section but even mm. then there's there's a route that you have to take to get to you know a, a new yeah. section of the hub world. You can't just say I'm going to go you know left and that will take me there. You have to always go right if you want to get to the west version of the town. Um, and yeah. in, Within the main game yeah. it's very much there is a corridor um, there may be a couple of doors that take you maybe around a section a dead um, end or two here or there and yeah, you have the availability which opens up, um, you know, specific areas that you can yeah. go through, which they can't go through. Which can occasionally allow you to, to for an example, there would be a gun emplacement that would be shooting down a corridor. Um, with this availability, it allows you to access uh, and go through certain sections of walls, which you know, to the to the general Nazi, they they can't see, but they're clearly marked for you that you, you know, with a symbol yeah. that you can go through them. Um, and then you could take on that that um, you know nest by going around it and essentially you yeah. know, then getting behind the gunner, or you could, with a later ability, um, which one is it? The empower that's it. empower allows like you, like you to shoot through shields and, and, and just and to bypass recover, that, yeah. or you could just throw a, a ton of grenades, which they normally yeah. have a shield up, yeah. so that doesn't work. But it, you know once again, really you have two choices. There, um, yeah. to yeah. use an, an early ability or to use a late game ability, it's it's hardly you know, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a I, choice I
0: think if the theme of the game is choice, it's the illusion of choice. Uh, yeah. it's very much, uh, they were also talking about the fact that there's side missions to do, etc. Five th- there are, but, <laughs> Five but also, side and, missions. U- and ultimately, actually, if you don't pay any attention to that and just follow the waypoint, it automatically sets the side mission as your next mission if you don't pay attention to it so i think actually if you just follow that waypoint and and eschew any choice you're going to see all the content anyway (laughs) pretty much i certainly found i'd done a couple of the side missions before i'd even realized i'd done them didn't know they were an option didn't know at all and every so often it would pop up and say oh set your active mission i was just like well i'll just follow the waypoint and as soon as you finish one it kicks over to the other
1: yeah Very much so, and yeah, yeah, I mean sure. that that maybe plays a lot about the storyline itself, where it's not gripping you to, oh, I must see how this this conclusion. A, a couple of times, it's like, well, someone's been captured, so I suppose I should go and do that. I suppose I, then you would know that this this. Well, why am I now taking down the radio
0: tower? What's that got to do with the person I'm being? I honestly captured? just assumed that was part and parcel of the actual story. I never n- never once did I think, oh, that must be a side mission. It was just weird.
1: Yeah, so there's um. there's
0: five side missions in total. And, and this all really? comes back to,
1: mm. I'm going to put in quotation marks, the hub world. Because um, <laughs> I I think it's a good attempt at expanding what would other be, otherwise be a very much a corridor shooter. But I also think it's a failed attempt because mm. there's essentially five side missions. So the entirety of this hub world allows you to have five side missions, which is not yeah. a lot. It's probably about two hours worth of gameplay. Um, and it allows you to have upgrades from different uh, factions and elements that you are essentially the resistance. But it's a bit like playing um, uh, L.A. Noire. You remember how they created Mm -hmm. this wonderful hub world, and then all you did was drive between main missions and then do nothing inside the hub world itself? Yeah. Apart from collect collectibles and collectibles and and
0: yeah, that was pretty much it, the odd skirmish fight that you can usually get around by going through the sewer or whatever if you exactly. want
1: exactly yeah and in Wolfenstein um, collectibles have always been a, a major element certainly in Wolfenstein 3D yeah. they they handle yeah. it brilliantly you just you'd hug a wall and eventually you'd you'd come through the secret entrance or <laughs> or shoot something that would allow you to the secret entrance but they were fun and interesting to explore you normally had to activate something to, to find those secret entrances so there was you know it was really interesting. And take uh, take to them, yeah. yeah. And that is yeah, that has slowly dwindled throughout the series, and you get to this this uh, 2009 release, and actually all there's no you know, pull a lever and, and go there. There's occasionally no. you'd use a, your 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 vile ability to to go for a wall, etc. But this game has I would, I'm nowhere to lie because I've collected them all. Probably about 500 collectibles to get. It's, yeah, it's the, um,
0: the worst example of yep. that era and of Assassin's Creed. Collect your 300 flags.
1: Yep. Yeah. And and it exists here they pay a little bit because they give you money and essentially money allows you to get better weapons, more yeah, up- yeah. crazy. Except yeah. there's intel. Having read through, you know, twenty of the you know, two hundred intel you get, they're not particularly well written or interesting. I read a couple and that was it. I was done. Um, just no interest. Yeah. I think there's I mean that's just uh, the, the tomes hidden behind the, the, the walls. Yeah.
0: So you've got to go into the veil world. To see the the red panel, you break that away, and you get the tomes, and that does allow you to upgrade availabilities as well. Yeah. Um, so, essentially,
1: they are worth.
0: Probably they're are worth, worth collecting getting, and and technically. They give you something in game, but they're just locking away content but behind. It's really fetch boring quests. to do. It's, it's really, really boring. tedious.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and all, all seemingly what they're there for is to show off this, this hub world which they created because yeah. if you weren't going for the collectibles, you would just follow the main route between your yeah. cursor yeah. where you need to go through the sewers to get to the next mission and you would do that and you would never go off a beaten path because you're just following it. There's, yeah. there's no reason to go up the majority of the ladders. There's a ton of. You know, buildings you
0: can go in. There's a ton of ladders you can go up. But there's a the once... group of enemies you'll come across in a room if you happen to be going to explore everywhere for collectibles. It's, it's not that like... you wouldn't find otherwise. But it's yeah. Well, you, no you tell me. So, there,
1: so was did you guys ever play in that hub world and then go? I'm gonna go up this ladder so I can get a better advantage point on the guys below and and you know spray bullets
0: downwards. I, I know I
1: didn't. I just <laughs> I just shot the guys from down the, the most. The most
0: <laughs> I did was hide, hide back at a, a sniping pot. A spot rather yeah but yeah i've uh, if i ever went a different route it was just i saw a door and thought oh let's just go that way so, um, so the, it almost felt like there yeah. was
1: a team that created this hub world and then they'd never they didn't really know what to do with it other than yeah. say okay like, well we'll populate it with a few missions side missions and and then yeah. that was that and it seems like a real you know a real shame that they never got to do much more with it but it was it very much like it was a half-baked idea that never fully paid out Hmm. I would agree with that,
3: yeah. I mean yeah. I I did I I appreciated that the side missions. I thought they were they were nice uh little side stories and that and they they probably helped put a bit more flesh on the the idea that this was a living, breathing town because when you're just wandering around outside of a mission it's it's a pretty strange, desolate hmm. sort of ghost town. Uh you didn't really get it it, it was definitely designed for the video game player in mind, rather than mm. for yeah, uh, living, wasn't uh, living yeah. in. Yeah,
0: it does. Uh, it changes over time throughout the game as well. Uh, in terms of the enemies you encounter, at first it's just the very occasional German soldier or two that you come across. But be, you know, before long, you're finding increasing numbers of groups of soldiers who are hunting you down. Uh, and then you're finding some of the uh, more outlandish enemy types. You know the. <laughs> the big armoured heavies and then the um, the uh, slinkers are they called the 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 ones that the sort of zombies essentially the ones that sort of pounce along the ground at you and the um,
1: yeah they never really explain what they were there was they almost feel like the wild dogs from um, oh, Metro 2033 <laughs> to me and that's
0: actually I'm, I meant to say that when we were talking yeah. about games that influence this Metro 2033 does a lot of what this game aims for but
1: nowhere near the same amount of atmosphere yeah and
0: actually metro 2033 what didn't come out long after this game did that was 2011 mm. so and, and does a lot of stuff in a similar way to this and the horror aspect and that sort of thing but but a lot better it, I, it, I think it
1: personally. tells you everything that um although i think the the combat is is very robust in this I i never yeah. really felt like yeah, there was every any real ever issues with, with the combat. It, it was it was you know just felt felt pretty much like a Raven game that you know they know how to create a game. Um, I would never say it was particularly you know inspiring, but I'd never felt like oh this is just boring. Um, <laughs> but within that o- open world section, you once you get more abilities and one of them being a shield, I found myself constantly just putting the shield on and running past <laughs> soldiers to my next <laughs> objective because it was like well I've killed. The same Nazi, and I've you know even the, the little sub mini sub bosses, um you know for that one with the like the arc lightning gun, where you need to shoot you know two different cylinders to reveal the first shoot cylinders. The two
0: glowing spots to reveal it's, the third. Yeah, one after <laughs> yeah. after you
1: know the fifteenth version especially of that.
0: Especially in the hub world, yeah. Especially yeah, like, in the yeah. hub world, it seems like just I'll just run past you because it's you it's literally have the, just a barrier to get past yeah, yeah. the
1: first time you face face that guy he's it's a proper challenge you're like, oh my god yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the 15th time you're like just yeah okay i'll be over here you just carry on trying to fight your fire <laughs> your thing i'm faster than you and i've got this shield ability that you can't touch me so bye
0: <laughs> yeah yes, yeah definitely um yeah i think in terms of uh Gameplay, uh, in terms of what type of game it is and the controls, I just put it's an FPS, yeah. and that's that's actually a positive because it is fairly straightforward in term in terms of weaponry and in terms of the basics of playing this game. It's an FPS. You push forward to go forward. You pull in your left trigger and your right. Tony, it's got a lot of auto aim snap to, so you mm. can kind of do that sort of alternating left trigger, right trigger, left trigger, right trigger, just to pop between enemies at, at certain points. Um, it, there's it, enough
1: enemy AI that it's perfectly competent. The, just it's, about,
0: yeah, enemies do different things. Yeah. You've got two, a couple of enemies that will come running at you. You've got uh, some enemies that will buff others and and kind of try and hang back. Um, and then the heavier enemies, uh, and they introduce the shields and stuff like that. So, they yeah, they give you enough to go with. They will occasionally talk about flanking you but never really try to flank you (laughs) they'll come up to sort of level with you but never really try and actually get around behind you um and there's a lot of repetitive behavior quite often i'd sort of engineer a situation where i could see one enemy behind cover i'd shoot him the next enemy would run over from his cover to that spot i'd shoot him and they'd all just run to exactly the same spot because the ai just was programmed that in this situation that's the optimum place to be so it would Every you know, four or five guys would run to the same spot and I'd just never move my reticle and just pop them all in heads. They so give you a, a nice varied selection of guns. You know, there's the normal
1: kind yeah, of assault yeah. rifles, you get the, the the RPGs, um uh
0: and, and then, then you've got the, the three sort of Yeah, the more uh, the exotic uh, variety of guns. Yeah, the <laughs> Tesla cannon, the particle cannon, and the Can I- the the one that's the Shatter, or whatever it's called, the, the German-named one that uh, vaporises enemies and yeah, can also and like send that. them into the it's, air. So
3: that stuff's yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Good. the vaporising
1: gun, as I like to call it, was was yeah. one of my favourites, because you'd fire it, and they, they would do that kind of just disintegrate into dust type thing.
0: Is e- Even with the, the, the big altered enemies, yeah. a couple of shots from that and it vaporised, that's really satisfying after but knowing hey, how much it w- took to take if, that down. Once again, yeah, it's... It, the.
1: How much ammo do you get for this weapon? And yeah. you can you can buy yeah. ammo, but that's and you can upgrade the weapon
0: if it's one you want to use, but yeah. I pretty much upgraded the regular guns, sniper rifle And, and they're perfectly and the two, fine. So the sniper uh, rifle submachine I think gun. was the MK. The the MP forty and the MP forty three, those three I pretty much stuck to the yeah. whole game. So you, you <laughs> end think it was up just having these of the two submachine guns I have. Really interesting uh, guns for. Yeah.
1: But because the German forces dropped tons of ammo for the guns to so just the, the your average guns, you then fall back on those all the time and you end up yeah, not using the exotic guns because you, you can't yeah, afford if ammo. It, if or you use you your
0: flamethrower, you'll be out of ammo very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's fair. Um, in, in terms of how it plays, I, I referred to it as a first person shooter with RPG elements. And again, in 2008, 2009, RPG elements was, wow, was that a buzzword or a buzz term? I suppose, uh, Prey and Singularity, obvious references. Singularity, I think. I haven't played through all of it. I played a little bit, and I've seen a bit of it. Singularity, it seems like uh, Raven took a lot of what was in this game and made their own IP version of that. Uh, there's, that's, there's a part of me that's
1: crying hearing you say RPG elements. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, Loosely, I mean, if people have, have a complaint about the Mass Effect series ditching RPG elements, you, should, you know, to... to you have the, a, this is what counts as yeah, RPG elements is yeah, a you very have sad. A, uh, you have yeah. a, a choice of four abilities. Uh, that's about it, I would
0: say. I, yeah. yeah, you can upgrade the abilities and the weapons, but there's no character upgrades, so that's fair. But um but I'm thinking of, you know, Bioshock, for example. That was a game with RPG elements and there were character yeah. upgrades in that, but and m- much more customization, whereas here it's just do you want more ammo, or do you want your ammo to do more damage? It's basically your choice. Yes. Again, the theme of the game is choice, is a little bit of a, <laughs> a misnomer, but um,
3: those but, the elements that it did put in. Though I did, I did quite like, and I think that yeah. uh, while I wouldn't say that they are uh, that they lift the game much above average, I think the, the fact that you've got these mystical abilities. Allows the, you to change up the combat a bit as you see fit, and yeah. probably lends the game a bit more longevity than it would have otherwise. And yeah. I say longevity in terms of your patience in playing it. I think if it was just run and gun, it would have got yeah,
0: quite old quite quickly. It allows you to play a little bit with the scenario and adapt yeah. your tactics depending on upon what enemies you have, etc. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I liked um, my my
3: favorite was Empower. Uh, it, i think mm. it, I think it's the second upgrade to that you get and then it allows you just to shoot through walls. Everything. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. first <laughs> upgrades become, like covering amazing. the
0: second upgrade is basically yeah. it actually tells you all the different substances you can shoot through and you're basically like everything
2: brilliant. everything then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. especially if you've unlocked the uh veil <laughs> sight ability that allows you to see enemies through walls as well at that point. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, there's there's yeah. some good stuff. The, the the veil ability is essentially makes you go into Detective vision. Yeah, yeah, okay, I was about to say that. So it's a Batman detective vision. Um, It allows you to move essentially faster through the environment. It allows you to see ladders, et cetera, which wouldn't be there. And also go through holes in a wall, which essentially is almost like a split in time. Their reasoning for why this exists is very
0: vague in, in... to say the least yeah it's very Um, much this is a there's an occult artifact that BJ has that allows him to access this stuff and he puts crystals that the Nazis are harvesting and mining um, into them they're they're making artificial versions which are less stable and less potent Mm -hmm. he's finding the natural versions that they're harnessing and trying to replicate uh, and it's all to do with this black sun dimension that they're accessing so Mm -hmm. uh, yeah we'll get on to story in a sec but uh, I, I like the Meyer ability um, the the time just walk into a room and especially if you saw any shielded enemies it was just like okay there's there's a essentially a priest we'll call them a priest because in any other game that's what they can call. heal yeah. um, he's in there shielding them all so press your time run through find him pop him in the face and uh, and then shoot everyone else for good measure uh, that was always good fun and um, the first upgrade on that basically means that time stands up pretty much still uh, they do move very slowly but but they they never play. There's I think there's one enemy that moves
1: really fast, and you actually yeah, need to yeah. use that ability to to actually just shoot him full stop. Sure, um, yeah. But that I mean that's it. So they you know once and, or twice they, through they the game. They do play with it forced. in the,
0: the bosses. Um, mm-hmm. So the altered, you don't really need any of your abilities because other than the veil sight, I don't think you have any at that stage. Don't. You maybe have Meyer by that stage. I can't quite remember. Apologies. No, I
3: think it is just just the...
0: Um, That one's a simple sort of stand in front of a pillar, get it to charge you and knock over the pillars and you're done, basically. Uh, But then after that, uh, General Zetti, you need to use the veil sight uh, to work out how to defeat him. He's essentially a a large, rather ugly beast uh, disguised as a a German soldier. Um, The Queen Geist, uh, you probably... Better off using Meyer to try and defend against uh, against her, um, and the elite bubble in a shield. Um, you want to be using Veil Sight and then Hans Hansgrohe to use a bit of everything, uh, including Empower. Um, you you need to use. Uh, I, use I that. So
1: do like the moment you get the shield, where essentially you know twenty Nazi soldiers come in the room, and start opening up with you know their assault the, rifles, yeah, and you have yeah, to pop the shield uh, essentially to to move on. And they're all going crazy, and you just hear it and go. Shield. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I like yeah. that. And you, you can literally just walk right up to them
3: and shoot. Them. <laughs> yeah,
1: There's like just, bash yeah. them on the head. Yeah. Um yeah. and all these abilities they they use essentially a pool of mana. Um, but whenever you get the ability for the for the first time, that isn't the case. You just get, you can stand there for twenty minutes and just let them. <laughs> well, you
0: shoot get and, to see what the uh, yeah. what the power does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The only thing I didn't understand
3: about the powers was on the very first one the, when you when you go into the veil and you have the uh, weird creatures floating around. The ghost, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't understand what what their purpose was. Really, <sighs> I mean, I know they say that they
0: can attack you. They can but, attack you, but their purpose is literally to be red barrels. In that, you can still shoot the red barrels. Don't get me wrong. But if you shoot them next to a group of enemies, it will just wipe them straight out. Yeah, electric. It really print, go well. print, yeah. Even the very strong enemies, if you shoot one of them next to it, uh don't get me, that that'll anger some of the others. So do that and then get out of yeah, the veil so pretty it's, swiftly. But
1: so normally what happens if you shoot two, you're good. If you shoot the third, then they all get they all start attacking. All you, for you. So you need to jump out of that. But uh yeah, it does it sends out like this electric chain current that uh can be it's quite really handy. powerful.
0: Really powerful. I
1: didn't especially know if you've got enemies
0: <laughs> uh, that are kinda of hunkered behind cover. And you can't get to because it, it's got quite a range on it as well,, mm. and it doesn't seem to hurt you, I don't think if you but they don't explain consoles. that, Ryan, so you're okay <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> It's just
1: trial and error that I found that out.
3: well, I'm sure I popped a few of them a couple of times, but I didn't never seem to get any reaction out of them, so yeah, yeah, but I did spend the whole game getting
0: out of veil vale pretty quickly, just in case they all turned on me. <laughs> you certainly don't explain that it's kill three and they're they're on you because yeah uh, yeah I I swear first time one attacked me I didn't think I'd killed any or done anything so I just assumed it was on a random timer or something like that but uh, no I started to realise that it was yeah when you've I'd killed a killed a couple in trouble veil, uh, that often purely because yeah you go, you no. go
1: into like this grey version of the game world and it was already you know. Fairly, yeah, yeah Fairly yeah. uninspired as it was, yeah. it to going to a grey yeah. version of that. It was like okay, well, I can move faster, yeah. but it's not like my distance is particularly being hampered here. My speed—it's yeah. yeah. a little bit maybe like fifteen percent faster movement speed, etc. Um, and when I needed to to, yeah. uh, to go up a new yeah. area, then I would use it or go through a and you know a prerequisite door that wasn't, I couldn't was I not access just pop into it and and come back out again. But yeah. shield
0: yeah. Uh, and empower I used a fair bit. I think it depends on the difficulty you're playing as well I I, I ran and did a, a couple of tests with it and on easy I kind of felt like I could get through the whole of this game pretty much aside from the moments you have to use the powers to take down the bosses or whatever um, you could get through most of the game just regular guns probably unupgraded um, and and without the veil powers but I imagine certainly I felt by normal which is what I played through there were moments where it was like, okay, it's handy to have this power just to to give myself a breather with Shield, or to to take out a key enemy with Mire or Empower. Yeah, I played um, on um, Uber difficulty. Yeah. Um,
1: once again, for an achievement, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, uh, I, you know, I always say the the benchmark to me is you know how hard a first person shooter is. You can normally look at uh, Call of Duty and its veteran ability, you know, thing, and if you die, you know, normally within the first second and then learn how to move for an area. It, it, it was never that. It was just occasionally yeah. I would get really sloppy or, or run out of, of essentially the, the manner to use one of the you know, the shield essentially and, and back myself into a corner. Yeah. That I probably shouldn't have been in the first place. Um, I don't think the game's particularly hard. I think the bosses. Yeah. there There's one or two, you know, trial and the typical trial and error, but they normally shoot the red thing. Um, standard, Fair. Yeah, yeah i'm not yeah. gonna say that was the case for the last boss
2: because
0: the yeah. last boss <laughs> ultimately ju- i worked it worked through all the the tears through brute force it was just like yeah i don't seem to be doing damage will I empower then uh oh i can't see him well i'll use or i can't keep up with him well i'll use mire it, it just seemed to be well actually if you just shot this guy enough he would just die um it was supposed to be kind of it was four different stages each one you were taking away one of his abilities that he'd got through the nazis technology and you were using the fact you'd got the original uh occult artifact the Thule medallion and the crystals you were taking that power away from that that artificial power away from him um by stabbing him with the, with each crystal, and each time you would take away a different power. Uh, but yeah, it almost just felt like brute forcing yeah. a way through He's that. It's pretty
1: tricky on Uber, has to be said. Right? Okay.
0: Yeah. I got to the point. Where I was like, was... "Oh,
1: don't let this the, the final bit of the game here." And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm spending a bit long, longer there than I wanted to. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. But then I I got caught up on the the end. That's a terrible checkpoint on the very end. Um, <laughs> you know, number four. Um, you know, t- the fourth time you fight him. Um you start down the bottom, you have to sh you know, kill all the, the you know, those
0: Oh yeah, the the scampering and um, on the way up past and, the ladder. But in yeah. the
1: end, because you, what you'd normally have him coming down from like this, this big tower section, he comes slowly down and then jumps off. Actually worked in the end. I, I worked out that you could actually kill him on the tower before he even jumped off by throwing oh, right. everything you have at him before <laughs> it gets to the ground.
0: After dying like seven times in a row, I was like, I'm just gonna because yeah, that last stage he's doing a lot of damage to you quite quickly. Yeah. I, I ended up pulling out rocket launcher at that point. I think I'd got a couple of upgrades. Um, on that and uh, and just stuck M power on and just I just assumed that you'd have to be on the
1: ground for you to do damage I was more, more frustration <sighs> than I think as well never even got
0: to the ground yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. anyway some of the bosses yeah <laughs> um, so I mentioned some of the real life elements to the story uh, the Kreisau Circle uh, are uh, a group that were labelled as basically the rebels in Germany by the Nazi party uh, so you're you're sent into Eisenstadt to help them uh, to to work out what the medallion is and to try and find out why the Nazis seem to be interested in it and uh, and to see whether or not you can use what they're finding to, t- to take them down essentially. Um, you're working, uh, or rather, Bj Blaskowitz is working for the Office of Secret Actions. Another uh, laugh out loud title for something in this, uh, Office of Secret Actions being a play on the Office of Strategic Services, <laughs> which is a precursor to the CIA, uh, which notably, I suppose, for anyone who's following uh, who or who's interested in the Marvel Universe, be it cinematic or otherwise, uh, the Strategic and Scientific Reserve was the precursor to S.H.I.E.L.D. in a similar way that O.S.A. in this game or the O.S.S. is a precursor to the CIA, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the Annenerbe or Annenerbe, I guess it's it's German, so Annenerbe, I imagine, um, is actually the name for the paranormal, uh, the SS paranormal division, which was founded by, uh, Heinrich Himmler, uh, and several other high ranking members of the Nazi party to actually investigate, uh, occult artifacts and, uh, occult, uh, places of uh, interest and and people of interest with regards to uh, gaining occult powers and studying occult powers and everything so uh, tony you were asking you didn't know how how true that was it apparently true enough that there was an institute and a, a group of people uh, assigned to to run it or oversee it so uh, all this sort of stuff in terms of uh, Indiana Jones and Captain America and <laughs> yeah, Hellboy insane. about Nazis going after occult artefacts and using them to create vastly powerful technology. Apparently it's taking an idea and running with it, but based in some kind of fact at least. Um, the the Black Sun, uh, which is is translated from the uh, Schwartz sauna, uh, is... Literally means black sun. It's a combination. It's it's a it's an occult image, uh, but it's a combination of three swastikas all rotated around to different angles. So you've got this kind of uh, wheel-looking device, if you like, a device in terms of the symbology, not in terms of a physical device. Um, but but again, the the naxon crystals, naxon being black sun. Uh, so so, or rather, night sun, I suppose. So black sun or or a version of that. Uh, crystals um so the black sun is a is a a symbol that exists but not necessarily in they've taken that idea and sort of turned it into something else what Mm. the black sun symbol might represent um and yet it all sounds an awful lot like indiana jones and hellboy being a more in terms of when the films came out more contemporary to when this was coming out but actually now that Captain America, the first Avenger came out it all plays very much like that in terms of you're a super soldier trying to take down <coughs> the the Nazis who are creating super soldiers and and weapons of their own it is basically the thrust of the story uh, I think it's fair to say they do less interesting stuff with it than than I, any of those three uh touchstones I've just named um it's a It's a very straightforward version of that. And in that regard it does it does follow on from Return of the Calf and
1: So yes, you know, yeah, there yeah. there is that thread that yeah, having played those back to back, I wouldn't say if it was like the sequel to that game, but there is certainly elements
0: within the story that
1: yeah. have you know, homages to that game.
0: Mm. So yeah, a, a character we meet uh, for the first time uh, in in this game, Caroline Becker, leader of the the resistance. Who is his name? Is a schoolteacher. Quite an interesting thing. There's no reason she had to be a schoolteacher, um, but they purposefully say when you meet her, she is leader of the resistance. Seems to be respected by by a, a group of guys who I think it is said to you aren't necessarily soldiers, but they are uh, rebels fighting for fighting against the Nazis. So soldiers in a sense, um, and she has she is leading this Kreisau uh, Circle group. Um, Having been a school teacher, and they talk about her in terms of you know being a fierce fighter and etc. Not sure why she's a school teacher particularly, but perhaps just to show that this is literally ordinary people taking up arms against the Nazis and fighting the good fight, as it were. Um, the interactions with her, I thought, were a little bit just straightforward. Just get your next mission. Uh, mm-hmm. There isn't there isn't much in the way of interaction with her necessarily. No, I think they're a bit limited as well. Yeah. I remember
3: talking to her two, maybe three times, and uh, it's a. Obviously, there's a story beat later on that involves her, and I don't really, I don't think they they build her up enough to to justify her yeah. being a yeah, a, a pinnacle or or a, a pivotal moment. Sorry, in the in the story.
0: Yeah, and I think it's fair to say actually the the other pivotal moment in the story. Uh, where the leader of the golden dawn who are uh, a group of academics interested in the the black sun and the occult and that's why the nazis have come there to to eisenstadt as well um where the leader betrays you and it turns out he's the one who let um the nazis know you're coming and has been working with uh death's head who's who's by the end game he's in eisenstadt and in charge of uh the nazi forces there um yeah when that betrayal happened likewise with with uh caroline uh obviously we've already said spoilers are gonna happen for this game uh caroline is is killed in front of you uh and there's nothing you can do about it and uh, again the leader of the golden dawn betrays you and there's nothing you can do about it but it didn't feel because of the limited interaction and the, it's generally just to get your next mission point um it didn't feel like they earned that betrayal yeah, it's, or it's that death like- i don't think
1: Caroline was your lover or anything like no. I didn't. I didn't have any real connection. So when she finally to get murdered, it was okay. Well, I guess the game has a, a you know a little set of balls there to to kill one. What essentially is a you know female character in in a you know, fairly brutal way. But I mean that was it. There was there was no. You know, mm. Oh my god. Yeah. It's it's the same as the, you know the the whole story is just very rote. It's yeah. You know, it's yeah. not. There's no originality to it. They, you know this. This storyline has been played, you know, if not fifty times in games in films. So it it just it it follows a very, very, you know, strict path of, of what we come to expect from this. Like I say, having come into this through the other games that doesn't surprise me because all the other games have had yeah, very, very yeah, you know, yeah. trace elements of, of stories story. there.
0: It's just the it's, stories as a bare structure to to just have the gameplay. Because this tries it, a little yeah.
1: harder, it probably comes off as
0: a little bit more, <sighs> yeah, lacking.
1: Yeah, just yeah. You, you can't you kind of get yourself a little bit more wound up over it purely because I think it's, I think because, it's trying harder and still managing to fail um, and just be, yeah. becoming. Fairly nothing. Where the other games, it was almost played out for the comedy. Um, but it,
0: it was almost nothing at all. Anyway, I think maybe I'm sounding harsher on this than I, than I want to. Actually, I think. But the fact that you're forced, you, you can't ignore the story in this. You're kind of forced to interact with it in some way. Means that its deficiencies seem all the more glaring. Whereas if it was a game where you could actually just ignore all the story. Like some of the previous ones, you know, Wolfenstein 3D, I honestly couldn't tell you what the story in that it didn't was. Matter. I remember. Yeah, it didn't matter at all. So you could ignore it. So the fact that the story wasn't particularly interesting or good just meant that you didn't notice it. Whereas in here, you're kind of forced to watch the cutscenes. Sometimes, if you've died, you have to watch the cutscene again because the checkpoints don't necessarily work in your favor. Uh, you can skip them, but nonetheless, you have to actually. Interact with them in some way to to get past them, um, and I'm not one for skipping a cutscene first time. I no. will watch the cutscene, and unfortunately, yeah, uh, those cutscenes being I, the, the it makes it sound like I'm angry.
1: It's, it's not. I just think it, it's a real. No, it's just it plays it's out a, as
0: real monotone. Yeah, uh, and definitely. they're going for something
1: yeah. I think a little bit just yeah. not a huge yeah. amount more, just a little bit above that. And you know, the death of Caroline, you know, really does play into that. They they want you to feel some sort of empathy.
0: You know, yeah, and that, kind of more just
1: like, oh, that sucks.
0: Yeah, and that's that's why Hans Gross is the uh, is the the final boss, because he's the one who killed Caroline. You have no interaction with him other than that during the whole game, and yes, it's a nice nod back to him being a uh, boss in Wolfenstein 3D, but the whole point of him being the final boss here, aside from that small nod to people who played that game, is that he killed Cla- Caroline, and you're going after him as revenge. He also happens to be... Death's Head's second in command and therefore you have to kill him in order to, to stop the the use of the, the Black Sun uh, divide the Black Sun energy to, to uh, power the Nazis weapons. But it feels like Death's Head should be the last boss and the fact that you don't take him down is potentially problematic i think they're kind of setting I, him up I agree, yeah. to be the the ever present bad guy but then the final boss feels anticlimactic not in terms of the mechanics necessarily but in terms of the in the narrative part. but i at least wanted him to
1: escape in a rocket or something the i want to see him leave the base he just he walks, walks off leaves him. his second yeah. command and you fight him four times and the game ends. It's like, well, what happened to the main guy? Like, at least, like I said, get did, didn't or give or him the car and drive from a distance yeah, as the yeah, base yeah, is blowing yeah. up or something. Yeah. Other than, well, I assume he survived.
3: <laughs> well, it's, it's implied that he goes down on the. Because the ending, the whole lead up to the ending is on a giant uh, airship, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. it's implied yeah. that he has gone down with the airship. But he's not. If I remember correctly. But then there's some voiceover work which you know, I basically. BJ saying, "Yeah, he's probably dead. So job's done. <laughs> I'm uh, off. I expect we won't see him again."
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Having not played the new order, I'm going to guess probably.
3: <laughs> you have to wait and find oh, out. I guess.
0: Um. So yeah, yeah. Again, I I don't want to sound too negative on the story. It's just it is presented to you in a way that ultimately I found fairly unsatisfying. The clearly the the beats they were going for pretty much the case of i think i'm right in saying all the bosses there's no particular narrative weight behind them being a boss no. it's literally the start of the cutscene introduces you to them and then you have to sh- have yeah, to destroy merely they them they it's, use a power and you need to solve yeah, yeah. the conundrum
1: sometimes they give you that power other times it's merely to to you yeah. know, slow the pace of the game yeah. down somewhat
3: i think tony your point earlier about the the, the hub world being a missed opportunity i think the, the the problem that they have is that they they've created this space essentially that you're meant to inhabit and that you're meant to become familiar with but it it doesn't get the game never gives you an opportunity to do that uh whether that's because the story is not engrossing enough or because in, in my case certainly it had such an effective uh waypoint cursor i just <laughs> spent my entire time chasing that around you know uh, turn left turn right yeah it was yeah, very, exactly. it was very good so, and, yeah, it got you where you needed to go, but you just, it trained you too early to just think, well, just keep following that, keep going after that.
1: Yeah, I, I feel yeah. that, you know, we've been too hard, and again, I essentially wasn't going for that, but, you know, Caroline being a...
3: Um, I think it was going for the story. It was trying, it, because it, it, it obviously wanted to use her death as a motivation. But But if, if it gave me a side for,
1: mission that was, you know, this is Caroline's school, and the kids are essentially stuck here, we need to rescue them and she plays a part within that, then you you would have some sort of connection and sympathy for her with her eventual death. But it's not the, the, the side missions It's well. There's a, uh, what was it? There's oh. a radar and that needs to be taken down because we can't do war things with, with the radar up. Can we? Yeah. And yeah. So it just, it played into the, the really kind of raw general stuff. That yeah. You'd think from a yeah. war shooter and having this open world, well, open a world is a hub world. Um, if, if they just had taken some of those characters and there was reasons why, you know, some of those mini bosses that you think, okay, well, this is where they come from. Maybe they've been betrayed by the resistance themselves or just something like that, rather mm-hmm. than being mm-hmm. just a, you know, essentially a, you need to blow up some generators which take down the shield and then you need to put your Ma on to slow her down, this particular character down, the finger thinking of one. There was, you know, there's no, there's no reason to, particularly get involved with that that battle other than you're following the cursor to move and essentially see the end credits yeah. roll. So yeah. the hub world is perfect. It's there. It's set up. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can explore having gone collectibles. There's doors. There's ladders. There's attics. There's rooms with a ton of books and stuff in. Obviously you can't read them but there's this this big world that's just set up to have a a more interesting portrayal of a game in there and essentially... Then they look at Wolfenstein and go, well, we're kind of shooting Nazis and, uh, you know, there's the <laughs> occult element. So let's just stick with that. And it's almost like this whole other team went, oh, but we created this cool world. And I say it's the, the whole L.A. Noir thing. It's you know, creating a, a fantastic yeah. atmospheric yeah. world in that case. But essentially you are driving from just a mission to a mission. And yeah, sure, there's collectibles in that once again in that world. But it's just a pretty way of getting from A to B. Um, and it gives it a little bit more than just well, it's a mission as long list of missions um, yeah. from screen to screen. But essentially, you know, as a player, I just felt like, oh, man, this game <laughs> went for something, and either it got cut because of you know budgetary issues, time, or just lack of ideas. Um, yeah. And like I say it just it just falls in that kind of two thousand nine period where this stuff was becoming, you know, as as Fairly ingrained into well, we can't just have a mission screen and go from next to next, so we need to be a bit more exploratory, but actually not, um, you know, filling up not, with the stuff that not doing know. anything with it, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah no, I, I think that's fair, and we, uh, we've we've said that about the, not just the story, but in terms of yeah, you're right, the hub world and and the way the game's designed and the powers even and the upgrade systems and etc. They all feel like there were lots of different ideas, and they never really Committed to any particular one as being a focus for the game. Um, yeah, which so you is, look which is at about and you, you've,
1: you've got the um,
0: you, oh, terrible. What are they? What do they call those elements? Oh, rational games. No, no, no. What do you call oh, the, the, the things you stab into? Oh, sorry. The the um. Oh my word. Oh what? The, <laughs> <laughs> the plasma go, Okay. <laughs>
1: So, for example, in in Bioshock, you have the plasmids, and you know they they lean into that. So you, know, you have yeah. the electrical plasmids, I and mean, you can also combine that with water, and it feels very much like yeah. You know, the game has this brilliant story, but at the core of it, it's still a really interesting um, gameplay yeah. technique to it. With this, you have the you know, the mire and the veil ability, and it just like they they work and they're perfectly competent, but they it don't. It does
0: feel like they would lift out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could lift it out and say, okay, it was a competent yeah. first person shooter. With the Min, it's it's an interesting competent first person it's a competent shooter.
0: Competent first person shooter with some competent abilities, but, but they don't yeah, nothing, lean yeah. into
1: the abilities in a way that you think, okay, well, you know, that the, the empower ability is so useful that I can't imagine playing this game without it. It's merely like, yeah, that makes things easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's fair, um, and and you're not the only one who must have felt like that, Tony. Um, besides some very mixed reviews uh, upon release, the early sales, the first month sales, uh, were around hundred and hundred six thousand, around hundred and six thousand. Like hundred six thousand is not accurate enough. It, they were <laughs> they were reported as hundred and six thousand uh, total copies according to VG charts. Uh, as of right now, uh, are somewhere in the region of 1.2 million, which is not awful, but for a Wolfenstein game. You know, for a Wolfenstein game made by Activision. I imagine, and and I think the fact that um, following Wolverine and uh, Wolfenstein being released, uh, about a third of Raven's staff were laid off. Now, they released two fairly big games in one year, they were always going to have to lose some of their staff because they probably ramped up quite a bit. But it seems like Activision were uh, disappointed with the sales figures for for this game. Um, and 1.2 million, as I say, not awful, but you can kind of understand they may well have been expecting more. Um, in terms of the pseudo trilogy, there are, as Tony said, I believe I'm Brian, that threads of. Uh, story and and characters that link Return to Castle Wolfenstein to, to this one um, so the, the pseudo trilogy that we're looking at um, Return to Castle Wolfenstein we covered in issue 161 uh, Wolfenstein 2009 we're covering now and then you will be able to hear uh, Tony's thoughts on uh, Wolfenstein The New Order along with uh, I think three other people we've got scheduled on there mm-hmm. uh, Leon will be back helming that particular show uh, issue one hundred and seventy-six, which will be in eight weeks' time, give or take a few it, days.
1: It is funny, and we, we we're talking about this pre-recording. That this this title in particular feels very much like the Ugly Duckling of the series. Mm. It's the one that people tend to forget even exists. Um, although saying that, I mean, obviously going back to the very early early games, a lot of people don't know that Carver Wolfenstein or bef- Beyond Carver Wolfenstein yeah, yeah. uh, exist and think Wolfenstein three D was the the, the first, first one yeah. there, but yeah, it's Return to Cuff Wolfenstein. There's there's a lot of love for the the multiplayer elements of that, um, and rightfully so. It was a, a very very robust game, and obviously Wolfenstein three D. M- not much more that can be said about that. It's you know, it's still like I say still a superb game, and and started a whole trend of, um, and it feels like the new order. I mean, not to I haven't played it yet, so I, I can't say. It seems generally like it's been very well received by the public, and and they've done very well. So the Wolfenstein on you know, 2009 seemed to just sit somewhere in between that. People were almost like, Oh, did you play that? No, it, it's yeah. <laughs> it seems to be a, a bit of, of nothing. Um, when you talk to people about the series. Um, so that probably plays out a little bit into, you know, both review scores, the way it plays. Yeah. And, and essentially, you know, Amount of copies sales
0: done. and response, yeah, yeah, overlooked a, a good term and mm. and uh, no comment on that whether that's justifiably or not. It's just it seems like it has potentially been overlooked. You can you um, can
3: you can understand it though. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, what Was it a couple of years after both Bioshock and Call of Duty: Modern Warfare? Yes, and was, all these it. sorts of games that yeah. just kind of they were a generation defining, weren't they? Yes, they changed. This
0: they changed a lot of uh what was expected, they they set a bar. Uh
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you could argue the Wolfenstein series had, had done that in its previous iterations. Yeah. Oh quite Yeah, certainly.
0: Um what one thing actually we haven't mentioned at all and I should probably explain why is uh multiplayer. Uh there is a multiplayer on this. I've seen it in the menu. Uh I haven't even actually clicked on it, but I'm assuming if I did I would be finding either dead servers or no players. Um I don't know if either of you guys tried to go into the multiplayer but at, at this point um I tried and this is on the 360 I tried yeah, yeah. I found absolutely nobody.
1: Um yeah. I was meant to be playing with a friend of mine um but never got around to it and I'm sure with you know just two people it wouldn't quite be be <laughs> the the game there, expected by the looks of it it's very robust. Um I I believe it worked you know perfectly fine. Um I guess what they wanted to do was to um, at that, there's that same uh crowd company you know, I returned from the return of the Carl Wolfenstein to this. Um, whether it's as robust as that, I I I don't know, having yeah. not played it. Um, but it's certainly a, a major element. I think they put some time and money uh into creating. There's, there's plenty, mm. of, yeah. you know, plenty of, yeah, yeah, there, there was a whole there.
0: separate studio put on it. Um, yeah. and um, when, when asked, uh, the producer said that that was so that Raven could stay focused on uh, what. The single player and they didn't have to spread themselves to things so uh endrant studios uh, a uk studio actually um worked on the on the multiplayer um and as i say just because of the by virtue of when we played the game multiplayer wasn't an option for for us really um but yeah it, it's there had we had someone else on who played this back at the time they may but maybe would have told us that it was uh, a hidden gem in this game but uh, we will we will ourselves never know. Um, In terms of uh, our own type of multiplayer, from the community, uh, on our forums in this case, we had a post in response to to this game from Bakers12, who said, I wasn't a big fan of the previous Wolfenstein game, so I was in the mindset of once bitten, twice shy. The game seemed to be released to little fanfare, making me think I had the right idea about not getting the game. As time went on, I started to hear many positive reviews by word of mouth. David Turner on Joypod sang the praises of the game's hub city. Charlie Brooker on Gameswipe saying the game was a lot of fun, also pointing out that the majority of the enemies in the game are rank-and-file German soldiers and not Nazis, as in the rest of the series. Finally, a mate at work kept going on about how good it was. He ended up lending it to me. So yes, I I was wrong to discount the game. It's a lot of fun, though a challenge in places. Eisenstadt is brilliant as a hub with multiple routes through the war-torn town story is weak, but can be forgiven as an excuse for the spectacle. I also thought the upgrade system was well done, rewarding you for exploration yet not forcing you to do so. I only went away with two negatives from the game, one being a few difficulty spikes where I was in big battles with very low ammunition and shielded tough enemies, including the final boss who I never managed to kill, though this could be because of the difficulty level I was playing on. The second problem were the mystic powers that you receive in the game, though very useful I felt they were an odd fit. I prefer Blaskowitz to be a super soldier rather than time-bending superhero. I think this trope was being used in a lot of games at the time, whether it worked or not. Overall, I would recommend the game to anyone who has not played it, though its sequel has hit the top spot in the franchise so far. Yeah, I think a, an excellent uh, piece of correspondence we had there. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, I, I've got to agree with a lot of, uh, of what he says, and I think um, he unbeknownst to him at the time i echoed a lot of we've, what we've yeah. had to say about it um, and yeah I, I think th- there is a, a weird situation here where uh, BJ Blazkowicz is a super soldier by definition in previous games and yet giving him the powers in this one it almost felt unfair to the enemies in some ways because <laughs> he, he's already unkillable and now you've given him uh, mystic powers as, as Bakers 12 puts it so uh yeah, a, a very literal interpretation of the super soldier in this particular one. Mm. Um, it's worth saying that if, if you would like to give any any of your thoughts, any of your feedback on uh, particular games we're going to be covering, you can always head over to our forums, canandrince.com slash forum, or send us an email. Uh, the schedule's on the on the website, and so make sure you time your email appropriately. Uh, and uh, podcast at com is where you should send it. Uh, also on the on the day of recording we tend to send out requests for forum posts and three word views and the like so keep an eye out for those the only thing remaining is for us to give our summaries on the game Brian would you like to uh, summarise Wolfenstein 2009 for us?
3: Yes and I'll pick off where uh, Bakers 12 ended in mm. saying that I feel bad about saying it but I wouldn't necessarily recommend this game uh, at least don't play it or pick it up until you've had a chance to listen to the Wolfenstein New Order uh, podcast. Because if you're frugal with your cash, as you know most video games players are, they don't like to spend too much money on on their favourite pastime. Uh, <laughs> then you you might want to pick and choose wisely. So listen out for that one. But so I came to this game after playing the New Order, hmm. and it probably suffered a bit from that. Given that you know. The new order has has the benefit of being, you know, half designed for a new generation of consoles, and it's probably learnt a lot of lessons in terms of game design and storytelling since then. But for this game itself, Wolfenstein two thousand and nine, I didn't not enjoy playing it. I had I had fun. The I think I managed to I got an achievement for finishing it in under twelve, 12 hours, hours yeah, or something yeah. like that, uh, and I wasn't particularly trying to rush through it so it's not no. it's not a game that outstays its welcome and the missions are that they're, they're, they're they don't run long they're they're nice bite-sized no, they are, chunks yeah. of entertainment i i found and yeah. generous with checkpointing and things like mm-hmm. that so that it's not a game that has a frustration built into it unless you're playing on a higher difficulty level as as you were tony i don't know I don't know uh,
1: the frust- like i say, frustrations level. I, it wasn't too bad at all. There was hmm, the fine. end boss, which I'd say was a, a a spike, and there was a couple of the yeah. the mini bosses, which you know are quite powerful. But you no know, general you know moment to moment gameplay. You know playing on Uber wasn't particularly frustrating at all. So
3: no, yeah. uh, so I was on normal, and yeah, I had a little trouble with the end boss as well. But I think that's to be expected in in any sort of in any sort of <laughs> game really. Uh, but you know it's. It does. It does enough things right without actually standing out enough to, to to make it a game worth remembering. I think. I think that's a shame, really, because, as I say, there, there there are things about it that can be enjoyable. It's a great way of whiling away a few hours in the evening. It's mindless entertainment. So I mean, you know, if if that's what you're in for, and you like going back to old games, and you like checking out video game heritage, then then you know, look for a, for a cheap copy of it by all means. But if you if you're looking for a a stellar FPS, one that you know marks itself out as being something above and beyond, or something hmm. d- defining of it, of, it, of of the genre it's in, and of the era it was made, I
0: don't think this is it. I think that's uh, yeah. I think that's that's fair. Tony, how did you feel about the game? Probably just going to echo Brian's thoughts to be honest. Absolutely, absolutely Um, fair. Yeah, absolutely
1: fine. I mean, I mean to put it in context of playing for the series back to back. um, I would say all the other games in the series that I've played have been. Stand out for the, for the time period they were in. Yeah. So, you know, Castle Wolfenstein, but beyond, beyond Castle Wolfenstein, really interesting, kind of almost stealth-esque games. Um, Wolfenstein 3D, yeah, yeah, once again, legacy from that is, is grand, but it's also a really fun game still to play now. Um, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, certainly with his multiplayer elements, was really, really strong and, and is still played to, to this day as well. Hmm. Coming to Wolfenstein... You know, it's it's the one closest to this generation of of software, mm-hmm. two thousand and nine on the Xbox, you know, on Xbox three hundred and sixty PS three and and the Windows platform. So, you know, you you would expect it to be the one that is you know the most competent to play out of all those because it's the closest one. And it's and it's, I think that's basically what it, it is. It's really competent. It's mm-hmm. it doesn't really do much wrong. It its story is you know uninspiring and it tries to be a little deeper than the series is what's gone before but it 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 fails um you know as we talked about that the hub world is an an interesting attempt to to get out of just playing, you know mission to mission through yeah. um, essentially start screens but they don't really do anything um beyond just you know making it a, a weirdly um you know long start screen itself from just getting from mission to mission um so it's it's the, the shooting's really competent um as brian says it's it's a you know if you're going to play it you're not going to have a bad time with it you're just going to kind of go through the motions and i think for me it's it's harder Yeah, you know, my game time you know having now having children's and jobs and and stuff like that is is actually the time is a really quite vital commodity and this is the kind of game that I generally don't play too much now because it's kind of just, it's it's really by the numbers, it works perfectly mm. fine, but it doesn't offer me particularly anything that I haven't seen 50 times before, or a thousand times before in all the games I've played through yeah. the years. And for that, it probably comes off as a bit more negative just because my time now is more of a commodity. Mm. Um, yeah. But as I say, as it sits in a trilogy of of games up to this point where, you know, I found really interesting aspects of all those games. It just feels really raw and ah, it's fine. Um, It's it's cheap to buy, but I I wouldn't say that it's one that you need to seek out. You need to play because, you know, it it changed the industry. I just think it's actually a really good sign, a really good show of um, what the industry was in 2009, you know, trying different ideas, different elements. Not particularly succeeding in any any of them in this game, Mm -hmm. but having a really good go at trying something that wasn't just a first-person shooter by Mm. numbers, Um, even if it comes off by the end. Because I think we've played so many refinements to this type of game now, that it feels a little bit by numbers by today's standards. Back in 2009, I'm sure it would have been slightly more interesting. Um, So yeah, a perfectly competent first-person shooter. And you'll know yourself whether that to you sounds like something that you wish to be involved
0: in. Again, absolutely fair enough. I am uh, I will apologize for leaving myself till last, but I suspected I was going to be the most positive. And as Leon always says, it's nice to have the most positive panel member uh, to go last, just to, to talk about why the game might you know the good the good aspects of the game I suppose or or what could be uh, seen as positive. so, um, yeah I I do agree with what Brian and Tony have said um, the the Krieg brothers that you're introduced to that run the black market the the first time you meet them and several times thereafter there are these lines sort of thrown out about how oh, they're on our side, but only until the money dries up. And it's all these lines that are, I thought, seeding some kind of revolt. They were going to turn against you at some point. They were going to be bought off by the Nazis. No, it didn't go anywhere. Of course it didn't go anywhere. Why would it? There's this kind of air of a slightly unfinished game, mm. which is which is odd because I don't think I needed to do an update on this game when I put it into my Xbox 360, which is a... a a rare thing in today's age um and there, i had very few instances where there were any glitches etc the odd thing here or there but it's a, it's a very well made not in and in everything that means it's it's a well-made game it, it's been made with a craft and to a standard mm-hmm. and etc um i was at i was at work telling one of my colleagues that I was I was playing this game for a, for a podcast and and she said, Oh, what what's that? Wolfenstein, not a name that, that is familiar to everyone, it turns out. Um, and I said, You play a super soldier who's trying to take down Nazis who are involved in the occult and and you know, futuristic technology. And the natural thing that came to mind as a touchstone that I thought would be evident was it's like the recent Captain America film. Albeit that came after, but there's elements of that character, the stories around World War II in this. uh, And and her response was, oh, so is it a strategy game? (laughs) I just said, nope, you shoot Nazis in the face. And that's what this game is. And maybe context is kind of everything when it comes to games and the mood you sit down to, to play a game in I came off playing The Order 1886 and shooting Nazis in the face in a very satisfying albeit basic shooter was great, that was what I needed, what I wanted um, the story the powers, the collectibles all the bells and whistles around it didn't necessarily hit a home run, but the basic feeling of playing a super soldier shooting demonstrably bad guys in the face without too much worry about moral quandary or ethics or anything like that, or how the game makes me feel other than just the pure fun of it. Um, It was, it was refreshing to go into that and I'll let you read into that. What I might've thought about the order 1886, maybe we'll save that for a different show, but can I just ask, um,
1: it's not really spoilers, but does the new order actually deal with that stuff a lot better? The story aspects and yeah, the, yeah. So th- this is going to be fascinating to me to to come to. Know. I've heard so be. much about it. I, it will people talking about it. It's you know it ended up in a lot of, a lot of people's game. You know, literally get you know game of the year twenty fourteen mm-hmm. list. So I'm expecting a big thing. You know, not coming back the other way um, and coming to this now and it's you know the story is just it it's laughable so the fact that i I can maybe understand where the buzz around the new order is coming from if if they actually do something with the ideas Hmm. more than just make it into a comic book-esque well you know you're going to shoot a few people and yeah there's (laughs) we need a reason Per se to have the uh, the powers to to play around with. So I am yeah. I'm really looking forward to playing the Nuld. I've heard so much about it.
0: So yeah, and I think Here's that's hoping. that's the interesting thing is uh, through you, uh, I and, and presumably some of the listeners and and, and other people, uh, including Brian and other people who've been on the shows, have had a chance to see you play through chronologically, albeit in a much more condensed time frame through these games, and it feels like a very uneven series in some mm. ways that's not to say it's a bad series it's not at all but it's each game feels very different feels like its own thing it doesn't feel like it's part of an overall narrative like something like the uncharted or mass effect games where it's the same studio working on the same character with the same writers and and they're building something it, a whole if you like and wolfenstein doesn't have a uh, a consistent whole. it that and as I say, that doesn't make it by any stretch a bad series. I think there are many, many great things about this series. And one of them is just shooting bad guys in the face <laughs> and not caring. And it is, and I, I know that sounds like reducing the game to its its barest essentials, but the the game didn't do much to put me off the the story the music the the look of it a lot of that stuff was forgettable and i think forgettable is a good term brian you had a great anecdote before we started recording about how forgettable this game can seem and and that's exactly what it is but that doesn't mean it's not fun to play and that's what i had was a lot of fun playing it um it was over within nine ten hours at most and again i didn't rush through this at all um
1: but also, um, like Brian said, it's perfectly, you know, sectioned out into bite-sized chunks that I I could do, you know, a mission an area, yeah. and then just yeah. kind of put it down and go. Okay, well, I'll come back to that yeah. tomorrow. There was, it was <laughs> no real like, oh man, I want to see how this concludes. Yeah. It was very much, yeah, okay, yeah. I feel like I've done my you know, my two hours worth of of Wolfenstein. There
0: we go. Um, um, that rounds up our look back at Wolfenstein two thousand and nine. There's more Wolfenstein to come, as Tony uh, suggested, with a look at the New Order in uh, two months' time. But for now, uh, I would like to say thank you very much to Brian and Tony for joining me. All right. I'd also like to say thank you very much to everyone for listening. And next time, Hong Kong will be the setting for the infernal affairs of sleeping dogs. We will see you then. Thank you. Goodbye.